Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is up, everybody? And welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way throughout the offseason, make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, remember that Primetime is brought to you by our friends over at freemanmazda.net. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show. But before we do any of that, let me know in the chat, and we will get into this. We will get into this. Uh, what do you think is the biggest problem with the Cowboys moving forward? Because I think we need to talk about, and I will put that question out in the chat, by the way. I think that we do need to talk about some of the questions that are being brought up after the Cowboys loss in the divisional round, this time against the San Francisco 49ers. And this one hurt, man, especially because when you look at it, like, forget about, you know, I mean, not, not don't forget about it because that's part of the topic of the show. That is why I'm bringing that question to the table. But if we are isolating Sunday's game, what made it super painful was that ultimately Dak Prescott was the worst part of that game. The defense showed up more on that later. The Cowboys had chance after chance to take over in the scoreboard and get the win even late in the game. Forget about that sequence where the Cowboys had like 40 seconds to go and everyone is kind of dissecting that moment just like we did in last year's elimination game when the Cowboys run that weird, ran that weird QB draw. We will spend a lot of time dissecting that when it really doesn't matter. Those drives are always irrelevant. They are an epilogue. They are overtime, not overtime, but like, you know, an, an extra life that you find at the end of your video game when you are already out of, you know, health, stamina, all of that. That was extra. That wasn't when the game was lost at all. The game was lost way before that. When there was over three minutes in the fourth quarter, the Cowboys had three timeouts and the Cowboys didn't deliver. Uh, Dak Prescott didn't deliver, unfortunately. And it sucks because as a defender of Dak, and I've always thought that Dak Prescott is a good quarterback, I still think that he's a good quarterback. It sucks because we were hoping that he really took, uh, you know, uh, would take over that game. And it was bad in a variety of ways. Dak Prescott threw two interceptions in this game. And that will be the most discussed aspect of his struggles against the 49ers. And I think that's fair. But there was even more than that. There was the fact that when the Cowboys took the ball away from the 49ers after Kelvin Joseph forced a fumble 
on special teams in that impound coverage. The Cowboys took over at the 21-yard line of the 49ers. They were essentially in the red zone right off the bat. And keep in mind, this is the number one red zone offense, or, or it was the number one red zone offense throughout the regular season in the NFL. They scored in 73% of their red zone trips. The Cowboys didn't capitalize after that takeaway. And then there was a final sequence when you were you had an opportunity to get rid and shake off the mediocre performance that you had had in that game in San Francisco. You had an opportunity to shake it all off and make people forget about it with over three minutes left to go in the game and you had three timeouts. So essentially time was not a factor in that scenario. What happened though was very different. We saw what should have been the third pick of the game and probably a pick six. The next play, you had Michael Gallup open deep inside. The ball was thrown outside, though, and then there was a sack. So you had an extra life. You had an extra opportunity to forget all about your problems in that game and tie the ball game at the end of it. And instead, you had a three and out in which you earned zero yards. As much as it pains me to say, you know, that was a game that even though there were a lot of issues, receivers not getting separation, pass pro not holding up in certain scenarios, the defense not taking the ball away, even though they played a great game. The, ba the biggest reason why the Cowboys lost on Sunday was because Dak Prescott didn't show up. It was a poor performance from him. That raises a lot of questions, a lot. And we'll get into those in just a few moments here. But before we do that, uh, let me see some of your answers here on, you know, what's the biggest problem with the Cowboys moving forward. And by the way, uh, shout out to all of you who are in the show, watching on Facebook, on YouTube. As always, I invite you to hit the thumbs up, hit the like button. So what's the biggest problem with the Cowboys moving forward? Toxic Tom says Jerry Jones. Front office and quarterbacks at 6 to midnight. Armando says inconsistency. Bruce goes with the offensive coordinator. Matty H says need another playmaker. Iceberg Slims is Dan Mullen coached Dak at Mississippi State. I don't know if that's a Dan Mullen uh, coach suggestion. Last night was terrible. Saskatchewan. Shogun goes with offensive line. Who else here? Who else? Let's see. Jerry Jones is king. Early to wise is the head of the snake. What do we've got over at Facebook? Uh, Jake says Dak has got to go. Queen is the next head coach, says Shogun. And we'll get into all of this. Uh, Sebastian says that get a, new uh, get a new offensive coordinator with a different mindset. We are stuck with our quarterback. Now, I wanted to mention all of those answers because I think this is where we come to a crossroads. When I sit down and I... Look at the camera in front of this microphone, and I tell you that Dak Prescott is the number one reason why the Cowboys lost to the 49ers. That is one thing. That is just being objective about how the game was played and how the game panned out. Now, if we look into the future a little bit and we ask ourselves, where does Dak Prescott stand with this organization? The answer, honestly, is and probably should be the same as it was before the game. Here is why. 
Dak Prescott might not be an elite quarterback. I don't think that he is an elite quarterback. He's certainly good. He's not a bad quarterback. You don't you don't win as many games as the Cowboys have won, not in 2022, but like since he entered the league in 2016 with a bad quarterback. That just does not happen. But what is true is that he is not Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, guys that you will win in, you know, no matter what. No matter if you traded Tyreek Hill away, you're winning with Patrick Mahomes. Doesn't matter if you're playing with three backup offensive linemen, you're winning with Joe Burrow. That kind of stuff. And I think that then the question becomes, what is the best way to go about building your team right now? And some people will say, trade him. Omar right here says, you know, uh, trade him. Some people say, cut him. Some people say, move on and draft another quarterback. But hey, the reality is, he's one of your strengths on your team moving forward. Because you have something that a lot of other teams do not have, and that is a quarterback. Remember, you know, the quarterback limbo between Tony Romo and Dak Prescott before Tony Romo. That is not pretty. You can see it around the league right now, too. You can see the Colts. You can see the Commanders. You can see all of those teams. Getting rid of Dak Prescott is definitely not the way to go. But then that raises the difficult question that we're talking about right now, which is, well, what do I do now? If my quarterback is not, not elite, which is definitely the same, you know, it's, it's the best way to win long-term, having an elite quarterback, then what can we do to put him in a position to succeed? And that's definitely just making the roster better around him. And it sounds super simplistic. It sounds super dumb. But also, we are fresh off of an offseason in which the Cowboys intentionally got rid of Amari Cooper, Cedric Wilson, two starting caliber wide receivers, and they also got rid of Lyle Collins, a starting right tackle. You can save the discussion on of who was better, Steele or Lyle Collins. He was a starting offensive lineman for the Cowboys. They traded him. The same for Connor Williams. And yes, this all happened in March, and it's frustrating to still talk about it, over, not over, but like almost a year removed from those decisions, but they happened and they proved relevant just last Sunday because this is not an offense that is nearly as loaded as the ones that are going to fight for the NFC Championship next Sunday. Just a quick look at the skill position players reveals that. The 49ers got... Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, one of the best tight ends in the NFL, Kyle freaking Shanahan, who we need to count as like a player almost because he's so good at skimming everyone open. You've got the Eagles who've got A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, and they got A.J. Brown, by the way, trading their number one, uh, their number one round draft pick from last year's draft. First round draft pick, excuse me, I was saying that wrong. Dallas Goddard, one of the other best tight ends in the NFL, the number one offensive line in the league. The Cowboys have CeeDee Lamb, who is a legit wide receiver one, so there is that. 
Then they had Michael Gallup, who mightily struggled this season, more than I would have imagined. Noah Brown, who I don't know in how many teams in these in this league Noah Brown starts in. By the way, I don't think the answer is many. Tony Pollard, I mean, like he was good. I'm not going to hate him, but he's certainly not like uh, Christian McCaffrey. There is not a lot of those around in the NFL. And Dalton Schultz, who is definitely not in the same tier as Dallas Goddard and George Kittle. When you look at things objectively, you go, oh, that's not the same kind of roster that the Cowboys have. When you look at what the 49ers are throwing out on the field, when you look at what the Eagles are throwing out on the field, that is not the type of you know offense that you have. And you could have had Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb in the same offense. You decided not to just because of money reasons. Now, keep in mind, when we say money reasons, we don't mean, oh, I couldn't pay him because of the contract that my quarterback is owed. Because that was not the case. It, the Cowboys literally were one of the teams with the most cap space this season. And they're going to be, you know, uh, at least before the moves that they need to make, which are quite a lot, they're going to be in a similar spot this offseason. The Cowboys would have been able to move things around if they wanted to, just like the Rams do, just like the Saints did for a long time while they consistently made the playoffs. But the Cowboys didn't do that. In fact, they took away from Dak Prescott. That cannot be the way to go this offseason. Now, there's another way that you can, of course, make things better around Dak Prescott. And that is a different offensive coordinator. And we've talked about Kellen Moore having some strengths. We've talked about Kellen Moore having a lot of weaknesses. We've talked about how conservative the Cowboys are on early downs and how they consistently put Dak in situations in which he needs to ball out on third and lock and how that is not sustainable. Is there a way in which you find a, an offensive coordinator that comes in and makes things easier on Dak. Maybe there is. Maybe it's just players that you can aim for. But these Cowboys loss, in my opinion, painfully teaches us that, you know, Dak isn't the guy that will win in spite of having a, I don't want to say bad roster around him because I don't think that the Cowboys roster is necessarily bad but it's certainly not one of the best in the NFC. You got to give him some weapons and you've got to give him some offensive line too. And by the way, this is not me saying that the Cowboys failed quote unquote season is on deck. This is me saying on Sunday in Levi stadium, Dak Prescott was the number one reason why the Cowboys lost. I'm sorry, but that, that is true. He, he played bad. I'm a huge Dak Prescott guy. I think that I think that he's still a top 10 quarterback in this league. But I'm I'm not I'm not going to put him in the elite category just because there are so few of them. Like there are three of them probably. Patrick Mahomes, who is number 1 in the NFL by far, then you got to put like maybe Joe Burrow in there and maybe Josh Allen. And Josh Allen also lost in the divisional round by the way. And he didn't look well either. He, he played quite a bad football game. People won't talk about it, though, because that's Josh Allen. And in that scenario, then Dak is not the, then, uh, you know, 
he is not the problem like Dak is in Dallas. The Bills need to get better, just like the Cowboys need to get better. It sucks, but it's true. It sucks, but it's true. And listen, we can talk about we can talk about how the Cowboys could do great with an elite quarterback. Those do not grow on trees. We can talk about, oh, they should get somebody else. Man, that's wishful thinking because you don't find them easily. The, the Chiefs didn't even draft Patrick Mahomes at number one overall, right? Turned out he was a beast and maybe they did develop him quite well and, and everything, but I'm, I'm guessing that the Chiefs didn't plan for Patrick Mahomes to be this good. They just, hey, they figured out, oh, turns out that he is better than we thought. That's the case with a lot of these guys. Josh Allen wasn't the number one world pick either. Joe Burrow was. Joe Burrow was one of the best prospects in a long time. Well, you know, at least uh, Trevor Lawrence and him were ha have been the best QB prospects since Andrew Locke. And then this, and 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 here's the thing. I think that the QB conversation gets so messed up because. We think of it from a very weird perspective. And I'll get into the comments in a few moments here, but let me finish this thought. We think about it from this perspective. Oh, we need an elite quarterback to win. That's not true. You could use, like, that's the best way to win long-term in the NFL. That's one thing. Brock Purdy is not elite. He just bit you by a team that has been consistently competing for a Super Bowl with Jimmy G at QB before Brock Purdy. But if Jerry Jones called Cal Shanahan tonight, heck, on Friday night, two days before the game, and he told and he told Cal Shanahan, I'll do Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy straight up, Cal Shanahan would say, I'll take that deal, and he would start Dak Prescott on Sunday. Come on, we know that. We know that. That is a fact. <laughs> if you put together one plus one, you figure it out, hey, it's not all about having an elite quarterback. Of course, everyone wants one that are just like three of them in the NFL. That are just like three of those in the NFL. Having said that, there's also the issue of, you know, the contract conversation. A lot of people will say, oh, yeah, Dak is good, but the contract is not worth it. Man, the contract is, if you want to keep a quarterback, if you want to avoid QB limbo, you pay the guy. Market rate. Dak Prescott is like not even in the top five deals anymore in the NFL, but we're still caught up in the idea that he's number one in the league contract-wise. So I think that the Cowboys really like, you know, should move on thinking about how can we make things better around Dak Prescott and how can we make life easier on him. And it's fair to say that Dak Prescott is not an elite quarterback. I don't think that, you know, getting another QB is a viable option at this point, though. And I don't think that Dak is the number one issue with the Cowboys. I think that's one of the strengths, actually, for the team. Even though, I will say, my opinion did kind of took a hit 
regarding Dak Prescott after Sunday's game. I thought that if the 49ers were held to under 20 points, this was a game that Dak would have won. Average QB play wins you that game on Sunday. Unfortunately, there were two interceptions and a couple of other drives which really defined the game for me, which was, you know, getting the ball at the 49ers 21-yard line after Kelvin Joseph stayed away, coming up with only three points out of that one, and then the three and out when there was when there were over three minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. And once more, man, forget about what happened when the Cowboys took the ball once more with like 40 seconds in the clock and no timeouts. That doesn't count. You guys, yeah, I mean... I understand that the formation that they used was funny as hell in a painful way, of course. I understand all of that. That wasn't the moment when and where the Cowboys game was lost. It was the offensive drive before that. The one in which you had over three minutes to go, three timeouts, you got zero yards. Here we go. Let, let's see some of your comments here in the show. Uh, Alex Chapman says, uh, I think that Dak is a really good QB. I also thought Roman was a really good quarterback. However, they both floundered in big time games and never became great quarterbacks. That's fair. Like, that is fair. I, I think that that should have been a game that should have been won by Dak because he, he really didn't have to, like, put the team on his back and go win that game. He just had to be, like, good enough throughout the 60 minutes of play and score 20 points. It's super disappointing that this offense produced only 12 points. But once more, once more, uh, the, the key question for me is the Cowboys need to look at this offseason and say, how do we make this better around Dak Prescott? Accepting quarterback limbo is not the way to go. That hasn't worked out for anybody around the NFL lately. The Cowboys got to go. How can we make our supporting cast for Dak Prescott at least close to what the Eagles have, at least close to what the 49ers have? And if you want to compare them to the AFC teams, you can also do that. I mean, Joe Burrow does throw to a very elite array of wide receivers. But man, Noah Brown was your number three wide receiver throughout the season. I don't know if that's fair. By the way, kind of one of my frustrations with the offense on Sunday. And I was going to put together a graphic for this, but I will just let you know. First half catches. C.D. Lamb had four. Dalton Schultz one, uh, had one. Noah Brown had two. Pollard had a couple. Elliott had another couple. T.Y. Hilton had one catch in the first half. In the second half, the numbers were six catches for CeeDee Lamb, four catches for Dalton Schultz. Two of them came in the garbage time drive at the end of things. Noah Brown, Michael Gallup, Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott, and T.Y. Hilton combined for zero grabs in the second half. The Cowboys offense just, and this is not even, you know, an indictment on the pass catchers or on Dak or on the offensive coordinator. It's on all of it. Like, to me, it's a perfect representation of what a mess the offense was, especially 
Not, not even specially in the second half because the first half sucked too. Man, tough, tough, tough. Where did the Cowboys go from here? Difficult to know. Especially because, man, I don't really think that they will suddenly approach the offseason any differently, right? I don't think that they will suddenly say, oh, you know what? Let's actually go get some awesome playmakers on free agency. Let's straight for this guy or this another guy. They might, they might change things up. Uh, Jerry might get desperate. But from what we know from the Cowboys and how they do things, maybe that's wishful thinking for us right now. And if it's another kind of low-key offseason, we might not get our hopes too high until September comes around. And then the Cowboys do what they have proven they can do over the last couple of years, which is win regular season games. The Cowboys can't do that. The Cowboys will have a winning record in 2023. I can tell you that. I will bet a lot of money on that. But then the playoffs will come around and maybe it's the same conversation. When you see, oh, you need to beat the 49ers, you need to beat the Eagles, you need to beat these top-tier teams, the Rams, if they do come back one way or another. And I, once more, man, I keep circling back to that. But the Amari Cooper conversation, the Cedric Wilson conversation, the Connor Williams conversation, the Lyle Collins conversation, all of them, you know, we, we were fed up with them. There was a reason why we were having those combos, though. There was a reason why. We were just reminded of it on Sunday, too. Let's see some of your uh, questions and, and comments here. Let's see here. Uh, Cowboys Nation says, Dak, 25 for 33, 305 yards, zero turnovers, four TDs against Tampa, against 49ers, 23 for 37, 206, one TD, two interceptions. Explain that, mi hermano. Mo, I am a Dak fan, but I am tired of these BS. That's my... The whole 26 minutes of this show have been sort of my explanation. Darren says, turnovers kill you no matter where they come from. Hold personnel accountable. Set their butts, uh, sit their butts on the bench. Now, to be fair, though, like uh, benching Dak Prescott wouldn't have been, wouldn't have been the answer on Sunday. I don't think that you bench your quarterback in a playoff game. I don't think it works like that. Uh, Dak really disappointed us as James Ruff. He did. Uh, not going to lie, man. Not going to lie. I thought that this was going to be a game that he was going to show up for. He didn't. And that is a that is a liver shot, man. That is a the equivalent of what maybe Davison Figueredo felt when Brandon Moreno punched him with that left hand and opened his eye. Maybe it was as painful as uh, as what that was like for, for Figi in the UFC 283. Sorry for that random reference. But that's probably the only comparable uh, painful thing that I can think of right now. The Cowboys have said that, you know, uh, Mike McCarthy is not going anywhere. And before we get into that, though, let's just shout out the defense really quickly. Because they did their job. Uh, I mean... 
They didn't take the ball away. There, there were some opportunities to do so. I think the Trayvon Diggs dropped a one pick. You could have argued that he could have, uh, you know, avoided the George Kittle huge play late in the game as well with the tackle. I think that he would have been able to do that. But other than that, other than not taking the ball away, because the special teams were the ones who who took it away from the from the 49ers, the team showed up, man. We talked about stopping the run. We talked about, you know, uh, making the tackles. The Cowboys, for the most part, did. The 49ers had 3.5 yards per carry total. By halftime, they were averaging under three yards per carry, 2.5, actually. Christian McCaffrey had something like eight yards, eight rushing yards at halftime. They were, they were showing up on defense. Nine points through third quarters of play. I mean, yeah, we can talk about those final drives in which they did allow 10 points in the fourth quarter. I don't think that you can put any of the blame on the defense, though, to be real with you. Doesn't mean that it was a perfect game. You know, the Trayvon Diggs mistakes did happen, for example. But, I mean, the, the guys on the other side of things also get paid. Like, that's what you wanted to do against the 49ers. You wanted to hold them. Like, 19 points, a huge win for the Cowboys' defense against the 49ers. And Brock Purdy looked uncomfortable on that game. Bro, Brock Purdy was holding on to the football for a tick second later. I have not watched the old 22 yet, but I can guarantee you there was some heavy safety rotation on that game. He was being pressured. They were not allowing him to extend plays. The Cowboys defense was fast. The Marcus Lawrence, man. Oh. Man, the Marcus Lawrence was amazing last night. So discouraging that that went to waste. Ozo Digisuwa had a huge play in the first half. Stinks. Stinks that the Cowboys couldn't capitalize it uh, on offense. Dak Prescott included. I will tell you something. Like, this might have been an easier experience if it was, like, you know, same result, Cowboys losing, but a more balanced game. The offense not sucking. Dak Prescott not sucking. Like, if it was a 28-27 to 27 loss, I think it would have been an easier experience to, to get through, maybe. Candido says, uh, Dak and his interceptions were the reason they lost enough, uh, enough set. I agree with that. Like, I will agree to that any day of the week. Even though I like Dak, even though I think that the Cowboys should stick with Dak, I think the question, though, is how do you make things easier for him and how do you, you know, take some of the pressure off of that? Off of him. Now, who, bro, let me know in the chat what do you think about this next question, though. Mike McCarthy is safe, according to Jerry Jones. My, uh, Jerry Jones came out and he said, oh, this changes nothing for me. Mike McCarthy is still the guy. Do you agree or disagree with that sentiment from Jerry Jones. Do you agree or disagree with Mike McCarthy remaining the Cowboys head coach after this divisional round loss? Let me know in the chat. Drop your answers in there before I give you mine. And while I and while you give me yours, 
let me talk to you about our friends over at freemanmazda.net because the ride of the week is the 2023 Mazda MX-5 Miata Sport. This one starts at $28,965. It's got Apple CarPlay slash Android Auto, keyless entry, and you push to start, convertible roof, blind spot monitor. Look at the vehicle. You can check it out over at freemanmazda.net. It's got a miles per gallon capacity of 26 when you are in the city. That goes up to 34 when you are in the highway. And it's, man, it is a beauty. You, you should really go check it out over at freemanmazda.net. And remember that when you choose Freeman Mazda, you are choosing a lifelong partnership with your car dealer, a family-owned business for over 65 years. Once more, that is freemanmazda.net. So do you agree or disagree with Michael McCarthy? Sticking around. Let's see what you have to say over on Facebook over on YouTube. By the way, uh, do me a favor and hit the thumbs up for me. That is the single biggest thing that you can do. And it is quite easy. It takes about one second. Hit the thumbs up. It allows us to put this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. Let's see here. James says, I do not have a problem with that. Darren Miller says, disagrees. Dwayne Brown says Jerry lies. He might fire Mike. I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. Charlene Evans says agree. Like, and I. I mean that. I don't think that Jerry's lying, man. I know that uh, you shouldn't take for granted what coaches and what general managers and, and executives say about things. But you listen to Ian Rappaport, for example. Doesn't sound like there are any reports that suggest that McCarty's in risk of being fired. I don't I don't think that he's going to be. I think that this is kind of definite. Charlene says, agree. Joey Bella agrees. Uh, Mark Aaron says, I like McCarthy. I wish that he would call plays. Man, looking like a possibility maybe moving forward. We'll talk about that too. Brian Smith says, agree. He stays. Justin says, get rid of Kellen. Keep Dan Quinn and get Dak a new QB coach. Georgia says, yes, I think McCarty is okay. Kellen Moore needs to go. Good QB coach. Uh, Toxic Tom says, let Mike pick his staff, Jerry. Man, Jerry, this might be it, though. This might be the time where, you know, let him do his thing. Katara Jones says, disagree since Kellen Moore is still around doing Dallas dirty. Agree and keep Kellen, says Edward. Mark Andrews says, agree. Thomas has agreed, but uh, Kellen Moore has got to go. As you can see, kind of some divided, some, some divided thoughts in the show. Here's, here's where I stand with this whole conversation. Here's where I stand. I hate that I'm stealing this, but he phrased it perfectly. This is from Ian Rappaport over at uh, Good Morning Football. He said, I don't know if any other NFL head coach not named Mike McCarthy, would be under such scrutiny after two 12-5 seasons and a playoff win, which is not the Super Bowl, but it's still better than most teams out there. And I agree. I think that you would have a very, very hard time selling the idea that one of these offensive coordinators around the NFL 
or even defensive coordinators is a better bet than Mike McCarthy for the Dallas Cowboys. The one guy that can enter the conversation and maybe you can make the argument, oh, we would be better off with him because he has already proven what he can do is Sean Payton. But even that seems to me like wishful thinking. And we've talked about this at length on ADC Sports Dallas primetime. Sean Payton has one playoff, one year of playoffs in which he has had over two playoff wins. Now, granted, he has no, he has had number one seeds like he did in 2018 when with one win he made it to the NFC Championship game and then he lost to the LA Rams in the pass interference game. But I have a very tough time believing that just because Sean Payton comes around, he is suddenly the fix to everything. I'm not even sure if he is better than Mike McCarthy. Honestly, they're very similar in playoff record. They both have a Super Bowl. They both had, you know, one had Drew Brees for years. The other had Aaron Rodgers for years. Didn't do a whole lot with them after, you know, their, their respective Super Bowl years. I think that it comes back to the same difficult question that we touched on for Dak. I think that this needs to be a better team. And it sounds super, super obvious. But this is not the same kind of team that the 49ers are and the, and the Philadelphia Eagles are, for example, the two remaining teams in the NFC. Dwayne Brown says, uh, Sean Payton won Super Bowl. Mike won Super Bowl. Like, even if you forget about the fact that you need to trade for Sean Payton, that you need to do some moves, etc., that you might be set back one or two years, I'm not sure if Sean Payton is better than Mike McCarthy. I think that the biggest reason why some in Cowboys Nation believe that Sean Payton is better than Mike McCarthy is wishful thinking, is wanting a new face, wanting some hope. In reality, it comes down to the roster for me. It really does. Toxic Tom says, then let the Super Bowl winning coach that we have pick his staff. And I will agree to that. I, I think that we might see some changes this time in the coaching staff. I really think that Kellen Moore is, on, is, in, is at risk now. I will, I will say that. I think that Kellen Moore is sitting in the hot seat. Going to be interesting how this offseason shakes out. Now, I will say this though too. Mike McCarthy could call his own place. And I know that we've talked about it for, for a while now. Could be a possibility. But I also got to warn you, if Mike McCarthy suddenly starts calling plays, I'm not entirely sure that you will see an aggressive offense on early downs. I'm not entirely sure that you will see a more modern offense. I'm not sure about any of that. It would be different than the Kellen Moore offense. I mean, I, I mean, I guess so. But also, I don't know if, if that changes a lot the philosophy of the offense that Mike McCarthy would have. 
He could still be a better play caller. He could still be a better offensive architect, maybe all of that. But I think that bringing in an offensive coordinator is and would be an interesting possibility for Dallas. We'll see. And I agree with Toxic Tom. He says it's a risk in willing to take at this point. Ah, uh, Killer Moore isn't working. I'm up for that too. I would be up for that. I wouldn't mind McCarthy taking over play calling, honestly. Kellen Moore is so terrible at play calling, says Rolando. Nikki says, do you know the term you have no filter? That's Kellen. He has a lot to say, plays, but never says them at the right time. I didn't know that that's how that term worked. I mean, I understand what Nikki's trying to say. Just, you know, thinking out loud here. I thought it was like uh, you saying inappropriate things at the inappropriate time. Our best, uh, but hey, I, I mean, I think that he's a very solid play designer. So I see where Nikki is coming from, for sure. Like, I, I do like Kellen's play design. I think that's one of his strengths. But play calling at times can be an issue. And more than anything, I think that it's kind of this old school approach to, you know, I will run it on first down. I will run it on second down. Oh, it's third down. Let's pass. It, I think the Cowboys would be better off just being more aggressive, passing the football on early down, setting up, uh, setting up the run with the pass, not the other way around. Uh, Edward says, what they do on, during practice shows up on a Sunday. That is a fact. Gerald says, that's a bust. I don't think that that's a I don't think that is the case. Toxic Tom says, yeah, it's not the 90s anymore. Get with the damn program. Mark Aaron says, it's so obvious that Jerry told Mike McCarthy that Kellen Moore has to call the plays. We'll see, man. We'll see if this is the same offseason as it was last year. Or... If maybe the Cowboys are up for some change. If maybe the Cowboys say, you know what? Let's make life easier on our quarterback. And let's change things up on offense. Talent-wise and scheme-wise. I have a hard time believing that this version of the Dallas Cowboys with maybe one more wide receiver or one more offensive lineman changes a lot. But Dak Prescott is a good QB, and uh, and Mike McCarthy, I think, is a good HC. So maybe we can consider that a start. Toxic says, Mo, you look down, man. Younger fans like you deserve better. I will tell you something. It was kind of a – it kind of sucked, especially because of Dak's own performance. And as I have said, you guys know that I think Dak is a good QB. I, think, I don't think that he is the issue. Just wish that, you know – Man, I, I'm just surprised that the 49ers won that game with 19 points. I didn't see that happening. We broke down the game very thoroughly during the week. And I saw the possibility of the 49ers going off. I saw the possibility of this being a shootout. I saw the possibility of it being a balanced game, like just 24-21, something like that. Both teams have very good defenses. The 49ers defense is insane, by the way. Shout out like credit to them. They deserve that credit. But 
12 points? 12 points? I did not see that coming at all. <laughs> Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we could do this like for three more hours, maybe. But we won't. We will save some of it for tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central, here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. As always, make sure that you check out adcsports.com. Remember that Primetime is brought to you by our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. I appreciate every one of you tuning into the show. Hit the thumbs up for me. Every like puts this show in front of more Cowboys fans. Shout out to all of you, sir. Uh, sirs and, and you know, ma'ams. Thank you, Rick. Thank you, Toxic. Thank you, Ines. Thank you, Lost in Translation podcast. Thank you, all of you. Uh, I will see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central. And I appreciate these comments from all of you, including Joey Bella, who says, awesome, great content all year. And I can't imagine who you will bring in this year. Hey, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if we can get some fire guests like Easy Mukwamu. On on, uh, on last off season, we'll see who we can bring in this time around. See ya. Tengan un buen buen lunes. Adiós.